Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Imagine a friend betraying you so badly that you need to get nuclear revenge against them. We'll get to that in a bit, but first, the sister I wish I never had. The only thing I've always wanted Stephanie to do for me was to see me. Before I started thinking so, I felt she had only looked at me all my life, but she never really saw me. I thought sisters were meant to be best friends. Maybe that's why I longed for her friendship and support until I got tired of hoping that I would ever get that. I hate to say it, but my sister never liked me because she felt I was everything she hoped to be. But I didn't believe that she would allow her hatred to degenerate so bad that it would put me in harm's way. We were born into wealth and splendor, and it was easy for us to get everything we needed at our beck and call. Our parents traveled the world, and sometimes we traveled the world with them. Yet none of these satisfied my sister. She's a person with a good soul, but one who lacked the grace to pour out all the goodness in her into others. She wanted what others had, and she always wished she was something else. It was tiring for me because I spent most of my early years and teenage years being stuck with her. Our parents had always wanted us to come off as twins. They bought similar things for us and tried so much to knit us closer together. What they didn't know was that Stephanie wanted me to live in her shadows. She didn't like that people noticed me easily. She didn't like that people felt they had an hourglass body shape. She didn't like when I bagged three awards and she bagged two. She wanted to be better and bigger than me in every way. I hated that she felt we competed with each other. We're sisters, and I believed sisters were meant to support each other. When we were in high school, Stephanie prevented me from experiencing a life-changing opportunity because she feared that I would end up better than her. There was an opportunity for me to represent my school in a science competition abroad that could enable me to get into any of the Ivy League universities on a fully funded scholarship. Although my health wasn't at its best at that point, I could still manage to pull through. I prepared rigorously, and I was determined to win and bring back home the grand prize. A week before the competition, the principal, Mr. Jackson, called me to say I wouldn't be representing the school anymore due to my health condition. I was dazed. I wondered how he found out about my liver crises because I had just been diagnosed. When I found out it was Stephanie who told the principal, just so I could be stopped from going abroad to represent my school, I felt weak in my legs. I shivered on my way home because it was difficult to believe my sister could be a stumbling block to what could change my life. We were young and I didn't understand who she was or the extent she was capable of going just so she could be better than me. When I cried so much at home, my mom said everything happened for a reason. I didn't like that my sister wasn't chastised. My dad felt it was for the best. He felt Stephanie was only protecting me. I was heartbroken. All I wanted them to do was to call a spade a spade. I didn't know what was more hurting, seeing that my own sister prevented me from a huge opportunity or that my parents didn't see any wrong in what she did. 
My mom said they could afford to send me anywhere in the world, so I shouldn't make a big fuss about the opportunity I lost. When I was younger, it was difficult for me to believe that my parents loved my sister and me equally. She was allowed to get away with lots of excesses. Although we both had access to luxury, I still felt a void in my heart. My parents loved Stephanie and me, but I knew I wasn't the favorite child. It was hard to admit, but that was totally out of my control. When I graduated from college, my father organized a huge dinner that had lots of people that could bring good fortunes my way. But for some weird reason, I didn't want my sister home for my dinner party. I felt this aura of uneasiness around her because, with her, things always went wrong. But when she volunteered to take care of the food and drinks, I had hoped that that would be the beginning of a friendship between us. I had no reason to be suspicious because I was equally there for her when she graduated college. I didn't believe that my sister would want to bring any harm my way. I thought we've outgrown unnecessary pranks. I expected everything to be perfect for my dinner night. I was detailed enough about everything I wanted, and my parents lavished me with the necessary things needed. I was in a big mood as I looked forward to having some of my friends around. The guests began to confirm their presence with cute smiles and well wishes to me, for the night was about me. But the night gradually became about Stephanie when she was nowhere to be found. Everything was going on well, except that the guests had not had their first course meal. As I went around to shake hands and have both deep and light conversations with people, it became obvious that the guests needed something to cool off. Even the wines were limited in supply. At this point I began to worry. I called Stephanie several times and when she finally answered the call, she sounded drunk. Why on earth would Stephanie get drunk on that day despite the responsibilities she had? When she showed up, her dress was overly skimpy and casual. She had no makeup on and she didn't look dinner ready. Stephanie was expected to make sure everyone was well fed. And how was she supposed to pull that off if she looked like a passerby? I was running out of patience. I just wanted my parents' guests and mine that flew in from all over to have something in their mouths as soon as I saw Stephanie. She had ordered the desserts to be brought in and I was shocked to see Twinkies. Gosh, that was not what we agreed on, and who treats people to one of the unhealthiest snack treats? What about the raw oysters she presented to the guests? Many of them began to look pale and sickly before they tasted the food. At this point, I was almost helpless. I wondered why she switched the menus and why she followed her ideas instead. It was obvious that she planned to ruin one of the most important days of my life. What's a good dinner without good food? I didn't like the look on my mother's face, and I simply avoided my father. I wondered why they wouldn't see the truth in everything that was happening. I felt puzzled that no one had seen that none of the things that went wrong was my fault. I hated that look my mother gave me, and I just wanted the dinner to be over. My sister went around trying to be a good person and apologized for the bad food. She made insensitive comments about me. Comments like, she doesn't understand how things work and she can barely execute tasks by herself. Got the guests looking at me some type of way. I knew right there that most of them wouldn't recommend me for good jobs if they'd planned to do so. My sister tried to play the good girl card with me after everything. I didn't know what ran through her mind. I didn't know which hurt more, that she still saw me as a kid who was clueless about her gimmicks, or why the woman I called sister would take so much pleasure to see me miserable. I remember when I was to leave for college, 
she felt awful that I was able to get into Princeton while she wasn't able to. So she had used a great deal of energy trying to prove that I was only able to get into Princeton by sheer luck, and not because I was smarter than her. It was obvious that no matter how hard I tried to be a good sister to Stephanie, she would never be the same to me. Despite what was obvious to me, I fought so hard to find friendship and security with my sister and to be half of what Stephanie was to my parents. But I knew I had to give up on all of that when Stephanie ruined my dinner party while my parents simply watched. I made up my mind not to suffer alone this time. I didn't much talk about the tricks she pulled off at the dinner party, but I knew I couldn't forgive her for turning me away from good fortune. I knew how important the art exhibitions she had spent several months planning were to her. She was one of the greatest artists I have ever seen, and I took pride in her talent. Before she left New York for Los Angeles, she had raved so much about her upcoming art exhibitions and what they would do to her career. I knew what it would do to her career too, just that I didn't want it to do it. Somehow, I was able to convince my parents and my sister that I needed to spend some time in Los Angeles. My sister agreed because she felt she could use me to pull crowds to her art exhibitions. I had several followers on Instagram, and I'd mastered this influencer lifestyle very well. I made it seem like I was the best influencer that could help pull the right crowd to her art exhibition. I was going to make it seem like a meet and greet with me and my followers. Stephanie was very excited to have me around and also help drive traffic to her art exhibitions. I didn't feign any anger or gave off any vibe that showed my hidden agenda. As far as Stephanie was concerned, I was the best sister ever. She came fully in her good girl facade, but I couldn't be taken in again. As soon as I arrived in Los Angeles, Stephanie and I focused largely on how to make the exhibitions a huge success. I gave her several ideas on how to see that. Other artists were invited and encouraged to showcase their artworks too for a token. Stephanie was determined to be a big name, and it was easy for her to think that I supported her all along. To be honest, I didn't like that my sister brought out this dark part of me. I didn't believe I was about to ruin what was meant to be a breakthrough for my sister. I was also surprised that I wasn't ready to back down no matter what. I saw how happy she was, and I wondered what it felt like to have me support her in the way I feigned, and why she couldn't do the same for me. It hurt that my only sibling would rather see me in mediocrity than allow me to shine. I wished that she was a good example to me. Maybe I wouldn't have turned out with this sinister plot of mine. Anytime I felt like giving up on trying to ruin this project that meant the world to her, I would shrug off that thought when I remember how much I've suffered over the years. The more I forgave her, the more harm she brought my way. Maybe I would have changed my mind against revenge once again, but... My sister proved that she preferred to continue to watch me sink. During one of the days we spent together planning for the art exhibitions, Stephanie ran into a very big influencer who was her friend that wished to strike a partnership with me. Stephanie didn't say a thing about the deal because it was obvious that I was going to be the sole beneficiary. Weeks after, I got a wind of the opportunity that Stephanie made me lose and I shed hot tears. Not because I lost the partnership deal, but because my sister scared the heck out of me. I couldn't believe she was simply unrepentant after all I was trying to do for her brand. The battle line had been drawn, and there was no going back. The perfect time for me to strike came on the eve of the art exhibitions. 
I was in charge of publicity. I used my Instagram account and also helped with the newsletters to interested participants. I sent a new message informing all the interested participants that the art exhibitions had been cancelled indefinitely. I told them a new date would be communicated soon enough, and I equally apologized for all the inconvenience caused. I had never seen Stephanie in such a state of frenzy in my 23 years of existence. She was moving everywhere and anywhere within the art gallery. She couldn't believe nobody had shown up after four hours of frantically waiting. She wondered what was going on. She was very confused. The artists she invited were wondering what was going on. No one showed up after five hours, and everyone began to suggest that I go on a live video on Instagram. I told them that was not the solution to the problem. It was going to be obvious that no one showed up to the event we heavily publicized. Eventually, other vendors left. It was obvious that no one was coming. They looked at me with puzzled faces. I knew they wondered what sort of influencer I was. I cared less anyway. I knew I risked it all for revenge, but when Stephanie drove herself home out of anger, I wondered how it felt to see what you've truly hoped would change your life go wrong. Stephanie fell sick. She was so sick that I had to keep a close eye on her. I wonder why she gave people the pills she couldn't swallow. Stephanie couldn't imagine that no single soul believed in her talent. It took her six months to draw again, and another six months to allow the world to see what she was capable of creating. Despite my parents' support, Stephanie had to see a therapist to help her see that one failure shouldn't be the end of her dreams. Since I was going to start my life from scratch, I didn't see any reason why she shouldn't start all over again too. It's just crazy how selfish and narcissistic people like this can be, where even if somebody is being incredibly helpful and selfless and pushing you along, you're still trying to sabotage them behind their back without them ever knowing so they can't possibly still get ahead. Our next story is, my friend betrayed me, so I hit back. In 7th grade, I met someone who would change the course of my life permanently. Someone who became so close to me, I considered him a brother. By the end of the story though, you'll realize that brothers are capable of betraying. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Storytime is sponsored by BetterHelp. Nearly everyone at some point in their life will struggle with their mental health, whether that's something stressful at work, in a personal relationship, or something else. I know that I really struggled with anxiety in my early 20s, and therapy was a massive help for me. That's why I'm a massive fan of therapy, and today's sponsor, BetterHelp. 
If there is anything in your life, big or small, that is negatively affecting you, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. It's an online therapy service that, after finishing a small questionnaire, will match you with a licensed therapist, where you can book appointments that match up with your schedule at any place or any time. And if you feel like you're not bonding with your therapist, you can switch at any point for free. Also, therapy isn't just if you're struggling with mental health. If you're looking for guidance or ways to improve your social skills, life, or relationships, it's a great judgment-free way of doing that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com StorytimePod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash StorytimePod. Rail, and perhaps the blood of the fellowship isn't so thick after all. Before I get ahead of myself, let me start the story from the most appropriate place to start, the beginning. I met Victor when he was brought to my class as a new student. His parents had just transferred to the town, and Victor was having to deal with adjusting to a new place. I could immediately tell while he stood in front of the class barely whispering his name that he wasn't much of a talker. He seemed very anxious and just wanted to be in his seat as soon as possible. Most of our classmates really didn't pay him much attention, but I could already see the duo of bullies in the class plod and whisper. So right before lunch, I walked up to him and said, You probably want to keep an eye out. A couple of people have it out for you already. The absolute horrified look he gave me made me decide in that moment that I would try to protect him. So I told him we could have lunch together. See, I had a bit of a reputation for having a short fuse and fast hands, so not many people would dare to mess with me. While we ate, Victor talked to me about his family, his dog, and his Lego collection. It was clear he felt safe in my company, and I was perhaps the only one in the whole school he trusted up to that point. I found out he lived just a few blocks away from my home, so I invited him over after school the next day. He said he wasn't sure his parents would permit him, but he'd ask regardless. We walked home together, and that was the start of a friendship as strong as Gorilla Glue. Victor was extremely intelligent, but neurodivergent. He was autistic, and social relations were not in any way his strong suit. However, science and gaming were, and so we had a sort of an arrangement. In public, I was his mouthpiece. I helped him talk to people while he just sort of watched and would sometimes pipe in when I missed a particular detail. I also never hesitated to speak up for and defend him wherever. It was pretty easy to try to take advantage of a mostly quiet, socially awkward and anxious kid, but I made sure people respected Victor. I was so defensive about Vic that around school, I started to be known as the Defender. I really didn't mind the nickname, so long as people understood that Victor wasn't to be messed with. Victor, on the other hand, was good at homework and school projects. Like, he was really good. Once he locked into work, he was an efficient machine. He was also really good at explaining things in a very simple way, so he would help me with my schoolwork. In fact, within just weeks of being friends with Vic, my grades started to improve. By the end of the school year, I was one of the best students in the class, though still miles behind Victor. He was clearly gifted and the school already had figured this out and put him in a gifted student program. Our symbiotic relationship worked very well for us both. We both made each other better, and that was just fine. We also had other things that we had in common, like gaming and stargazing. My dad was an astrophotographer, so we had some pretty high-tech equipment that took really impressive photos of the night sky and celestial objects. As time went on, we became even closer to the point where, if you didn't even know any better, you'd think we were brothers. 
We planned our lives together, and sure, we had disagreements here and there, but they were usually resolved very quickly. I knew almost everything there was to know about him, including stuff even his parents didn't know, and he knew almost everything there was to know about me. We were inseparable, and for the longest time I could always count on him. We both planned that we'd be close to each other all the time, so we ended up going to the same college. He was a civil engineering major, and I was a biochemistry major. Because of our different programs, we really didn't have as much time to hang out as we did before, but we made it work. We did make new friends though, and I believe that's where the problem started. You see, I had made a new friend named David, and for some reason Victor and David could just never get along. I tried almost everything to get them to be at least cordial with each other, but whenever you put the two of them in a room, all you get is awkwardness and a little passive aggression. Things got weird and even after trying to find common ground that they could work on and common interests they enjoy, I decided that there was just no way that they could be friends and that I was fine with just having them as friends separately. This meant that when I wanted to hang out with Victor, David could never be around and when I was hanging out with David, Victor couldn't be there. Was it ideal? Not exactly. Did it work? For a while, yes. The one clear problem with this arrangement was that while I was fine keeping them both as friends, they weren't fine with this at all. Both David and Victor had told me several times that the other wasn't good for me and that I needed to cut them off, but with Victor, he was a little more aggressive about it. One day he told me to my face to choose between him and Dave. It took a lot of talking, and a fair amount of alcohol too, to convince him that him asking me to choose was simply unfair and that my friendship with Dave did not and would not affect my friendship with him negatively. After that, he seemed to be more accepting of the fact that, while he still basically hated Dave's guts, I could still maintain my friendship with him. For a whole year and a half, we had this arrangement and it was all fine. A whole year and a half. Then one day something happened that made my best friend rethink this whole thing, and that was the day Dave invited me to come visit him and his family in LA. One thing that I think I need to tell you is that at the end of every semester, Victor and I always went back home to spend time with our families. New York isn't exactly the friendliest place, and it's filled with all sorts of craziness, but it's home and I love it. So I always look forward to spending time with the people I love the most for at least a couple of weeks every six months. In that time, Victor and I would find time to do some pretty cool stuff together and basically have as much fun as possible. It had basically become a tradition, and we always looked forward to breaks. In the first semester of my senior year, however, David invited me and a couple of mutual friends over to hang out for a while at his family's home in Malibu. He had this whole thing set up for us all, and I was quite stoked. But I had a big decision to make. Do I disappoint my best friend to spend a week with David, or do I decline David's offer? I knew that no matter what decision I made, I would end up upsetting at least one of them. After a lot of thinking, I decided to go to Malibu, but only for a few days. It would be a nice opportunity to relax and soak up some sun before returning to freezing New York to spend time with Vic and my family. I was torn between telling Victor where I'd be those few days or just lying and giving an excuse. I mean, I'd only be gone a few days. What's the worst that could happen, right? In the end though, my conscience won and I told him the truth. Surprisingly, he didn't seem upset at all and said he'd be fine and to have fun. 
I breathed a sigh of relief and admitted that I was scared he'd be upset. He laughed and told me we were fine. If I was aware of what was about to happen, I probably would have just lied. I went over to Dave's and it was honestly quite fun. It had me wondering why I hadn't been to LA sooner. I mean, sure, there were crazy people in LA, but I'm from perhaps the crazy capital of the world, so I really didn't have much of an issue. Dave really wasn't joking about going all out. He used his parents' connections in Hollywood to get us into the most epic, most amazing parties, and we generally had a swell time. I also got to meet his sister and we hit it off very well. I had so much fun, I cancelled returning home early and spent the whole week at Dave's. I made sure to call Vic and explain though, and he seemed just fine with it. After an amazing week, I returned to New York, where Vic and I carried on with our plans. Things were good and I had no reason to suspect that anything was off. It wasn't until I returned to school that I started noticing a little bit of weirdness, but not with me. For some reason, some pretty odd things started to happen to David. For one, there was the issue of the pot photo. See, I took a lot of photos while we were in LA, and some of the photos were of us at the parties we attended. I was careful to keep certain photos out of social media, and the photo of David smoking a joint that was now seemingly everywhere on campus was one of those photos. It was so bad that I actually saw posters of the photo right in front of the dean's office. Whoever it was that released that photo had it out specifically for Dave, and it was hard to watch it all unfold, especially because I knew that I was the one who took that photo. Thankfully though, it all blew over after Dave faced the school's administration, and they came to the conclusion that since he hadn't been smoking on school property, no grave misdeed had been done. But just as we thought that was the end of it, another even weirder thing happened. One day, a rumor started to spread about Dave and I. A rumor that was as absurd as it was scary. A voice recording had started to spread in which a distorted voice was claiming that David and I were responsible for the death of a student who had drowned a few weeks before. The accuser claimed that us killing her was as a result of Dave getting rejected by her. Now, not only did this capture the attention of the school authorities, but it captured the attention of the police as well. Dave and I were investigated thoroughly, and we were also summarily suspended by the school. This whole situation caused a ton of anxiety and fear for us and our families, and for weeks, the police tried to trace the origin of the recording to no avail. Since that was the only piece of evidence they had, and it wasn't even circumstantial, they couldn't really keep us in custody, and they let us go. We couldn't really return to school, so while we prepared a legal case against the school to challenge our suspension, David and I both went home. We remained in touch, however, and we knew that someone was really trying to hurt us, and we needed to figure out who. Right away, I suspected that Victor might have had a hand in this, not because he was the kind of person to do something like this, but because of what had happened to Dave before. See, Victor had almost unrestricted access to my phone and it would have been easy for him to simply just send the photo to his phone for mine. However, because of my trust in him and the fact that the issue had resolved itself, I really didn't want to push it. The current events, however, made me decide that my trust in him may be the cause of my ruin. I decided to confront him, and I secretly made up my mind that if he was responsible for this, I would in no way protect him. 
So I told Victor I needed to see him, snuck on campus, and in a seemingly empty class at night, I confronted him clearly about it. He didn't even deny it. He claimed that I was the one who had betrayed him first, and he was simply repaying the favor. I was shocked and angry, but mostly confused as to why. Because I spent some time with a friend he didn't like? That's why he wanted to ruin my and Dave's lives? He said that I'd been spending more time with Dave and ignoring him, and that he needed to teach me a lesson. It was at this point that Dave had jumped out of his hiding spot, pounced on Victor, and beaten him to a pulp. I had to drag him off to protect Victor. Of course, David followed me to confront Victor. He was also the one who came up with the idea of recording the whole thing in high-def video. We had irrefutable evidence that Vic had set us up. What happened next was perhaps the hardest thing I had to do in my whole life. Victor was basically a brother to me. Did I really want to hand him over to the authorities and destroy his life? Upset as I was with him, I still loved him. Perhaps it was possible to have this whole thing go away without ruining my best friend. I knew the truth, though. I knew that this was the path Victor had chosen for himself, and he had to receive the consequences for it. As he lay there with a broken nose and a busted lip, we called the police. Victor was not only arrested, he was expelled as well. His parents also apologized to Dave for what he had done. The university had no reason to keep us suspended and so they nullified the suspension. I couldn't bring myself to attend the trial of Victor. I sometimes wonder if what I did was the right thing. The one thing I am certain about was that it was either going to be Victor or me, and I chose myself, and that's just fine. Do you guys think that this whole situation is understandable because Victor had a disability, or is that not excuse enough? Was OP like kind of enabling them too, like all along the way, like maybe trying to be overly protective and almost coddling? I'd like to know what you guys think, but with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy revenge story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.